Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of James. James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships, though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Many years ago in some far off place, the town gossip was called to the church by the priest he handed her a feather pillow and asked her to go to the church tower to empty it out, which she did. She stood in the tower and, and watched as the feathers were caught by the wind and swept through the streets. Then she returned to the priest with the empty pillowcase, and he asked her to go and collect all the feathers. Insisting that it was impossible... The priest then told her that her words are no different. Once they leave your mouth, they are beyond your control, he said. Doing good or doing evil, they are caught up by the wind to be swept through the streets and can no more be collected again than the feathers of a pillow. So you must be careful what you say. The book of James reminds us of the same truth. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who are teachers will be judged with greater strictness. Why? Because words have power. 
As a bit guides a horse, as a rudder steers a ship, as a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, so the tongue, a small member of the body, boasts of great exploits. Just think about it. Did you see it in last Sunday's paper? The Atlanta Journal-Constitution told four stories of 9-11 20 years later after the planes hit the Twin Towers and we all were so desperately consumed with fear and anger. An Iranian-American teenager named Jalal wrote in her Winnie the Pooh journal, I hate those terrorists. Only then she heard the words of her classmates, her friends, parents, even her teachers who made jokes about bombing the whole Middle East back to the Stone Age to put an end to all those barbaric people and she felt lumped in with the very people she hated. You remember... The FBI reported a spike in anti-Muslim hate crimes following 9-11 in Columbia, Tennessee, where we lived before coming back here to Marietta. Someone burned the mosque to the ground. This is the power of words. Words like Muslim or Arab spoken by the tongue of a teacher who misuses her words. It's true. And that was a day that should really make all of us think about the power of words spoken by a teacher. Yesterday on the 20th anniversary of September 11, 2001, when what we thought could never happen did so many names were read that it took more than two hours to read them all. The Marietta Kiwanis Club put up an American flag for each one at the base of Kennesaw Mountain. Each person who was killed when airplanes were turned into weapons by men who were told by their teachers that we are not human but infidel. This is the power of words. A word like infidel spoken by the tongue of a teacher. Such a word as that one can make a student forget that people are people and that all life is sacred. And yet today it still happens for teachers still speak without wisdom, without love. So as hospitals are filled up beyond capacity, I ask you to remember how many told us that this virus isn't even real. How the vaccine has microchips in it, or it'll make you vote Democrat if you get it. Just think about how someone got those rumors started. First, that bleach will cure you. Then that horse dewormer will knock it out. And some people actually tried it. For this is the power of words. Words like COVID-19 spoken by the tongue of a teacher that end up killing people. 
Therefore, teachers will be judged with greater strictness because people will do what they say even when they're wrong. James is harsh on this point, but James is exactly right. For once the words are out of our mouths, there is no getting them back in. No more than toothpaste can be shoved back inside a toothpaste tube or feathers back into a pillowcase. Once the words are out of our mouths, they are swept by the wind and take on a life of their own. And so, the tongue is a fire, the book of James says. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words... Words set the world on fire. And the words we speak, the words we speak reveal the true state of our souls. James says that with the tongue, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. That's just not how it works. So if your word set the world on fire, what is the state of your soul? If your words tear people down, how broken is your heart? If you don't speak words of love, does Christ reside there with you? Do you know the expression, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit by me? Sometimes that's the way it is. Sometimes we're that way. And so James asks us, as well as our teachers, does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Which will it be? Who are you? And if you are both, expect them to lose trust in your well. This summer, I started a family book club. This is a good thing to do if you want your children to hate you. Make them (laughs) read books during the summer. But I did it anyway. We all read three books together, just three chapter books. I I researched good chapter books for 10 and 12-year-olds and came up with the list. Sarah got the books from the library, and we read them together. The best of the books was called From the Desk of Zoe Washington by Janae Marks. I highly recommend this book, and I tell you about it now in this context of how we use our words because... Zoe Washington really needed a friend, but she couldn't trust the person who was supposed to be her best friend. She had decided to audition for a baking contest called the Kids Bake Challenge, and she wished she could talk to Trevor about it, but she couldn't. 
It's the summer before seventh grade, and she wanted to talk to Trevor about what seventh grade would be like, but she couldn't. Then she received a letter from her biological father, who had never been a real presence in her life because he'd been arrested before he was born and was still in prison, but she couldn't talk to Trevor about it. Because one home, one day, she stayed home school from school sick and overheard Trevor talking to some of his basketball friends about her. And it wasn't good. Of course, this is how it is sometimes. Uh, this is how it is for all of us. We want acceptance. We feel pressure. So we yield salt water. On the other hand, the prophet Isaiah in our first scripture lesson testified to one who has been given the tongue of a teacher that he may know how to sustain the weary with a word. How does he do it? Well, listen to what happened to him. He gave his back to those who struck him his cheeks to those who pulled out his beard. He did not hide his face from insult or spitting. No, his face was set like flint, standing before our adversaries, confronting the evildoers, because you matter more to him than their acceptance. You matter more to him than his own advancement. You matter more to him. You and your well-being matter more to him than his own well-being. Have you ever had a teacher like that? I told you already that yesterday... The Marietta Kiwanis Club organized an event to remember all those who were killed on September 11, 2001. In addition to having a flag at the base of Kennesaw Mountain, each victim's name was read. So many were the names that it took more than two hours to read them all. In a tragic way, this event testified to the terrible power that the tongue of a teacher wields. One teacher's words can lead to the death of so many people that all their names can't be read in two hours. It took two different readers just to get through all the A's. And those whose last name began with the letter A weren't just... Adams or Abernathy, but Abdullah and Anchundia. These were names that the Kiwanians practiced before they read them. And my fifth grade teacher, Debbie McCracken, was one of them. She pronounced each person's name so perfectly. It was as though she had said each name a thousand times. And this is the point that I want to emphasize. While one teacher lumped them all together and called them infidel, nothing more. My teacher so honored each one as to practice their This wasn't the first time she had done it. 
I wonder how many names she remembered in her, in her years as a teacher. I don't know. But she looked into my eyes yesterday, and I knew that this teacher saw me. She looked into my eyes, and she said that the 10-year-old boy I once knew is still in there. Maybe there's less hair on top of his head, but that 10-year-old boy is still in there. You see, she saw me as a person, and she called me by my name. This, too, is the power of words. Words like your name, remembered and written down on the heart of a teacher, said again and again so that you know you matter more than any number. You are not a tool to advance an agenda. You matter more than a vote, a dollar, or a favor, and your name is written on the heart of God who chose to suffer for you because it was better for him to suffer than to conform to this broken world. Remember that. Remember that there is tremendous power in those words which remind us of each other's humanity. Words like faith, words like hope, words like love. There is power enough in those words to change the world and to set it on fire, not with violence or hatred, but with the power of God. May it be so. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.